Welcome to the January 13th edition of Silver Screen Previews. On the other side of the aisle, we welcome brand new co-host. Yes, she's fresh on the eyes. There she is. Her name is Renee, Maureen Renee Hughes. See, there's, there's three names there, so I have to really focus. You know, it's me. It's Rob. So thank you for joining us on the show, Maureen. How are you doing? Yeah. Hi, everyone. Nice to meet you virtually. I'm Maureen Renee Hughes, and I'm a singer, songwriter, and actor. So um, I write my own music. I've um, produced some music videos recently that I'm really excited about. Yeah, and that's what I do. All right. So our first film, as we just described, is Tom Hanks's uh, A Man Called Otto which is in wide release today. It's PG-13. It's a comedy drama, although it's more drama than comedy. And it's directed by Mark uh, Forster. So it stars Tom Hanks, John Higgins, and Mariana Trevino. A grumpy widower meets his match in quick-witted, very pregnant Marisol, leading to an unexpected friendship that will turn his world upside down. Maureen, what did you think about this film? Yeah, so I really liked it. I love Tom Hanks. Pretty much everything he does, I think, is golden. I think one of his strengths in his films is he plays that everyman kind of character, if you know what I mean? Yes, Where he's yes. relatable. Probably in the last at least 20, 30 years, he's played a, a dad, a dad that you, whether or not he's grumpy, you know, you still love him, you find these redeemable qualities. So mm-hmm. I think that definitely was evident in this film, and you couldn't help but fall in love with this character. Definitely. Did you think that Tom Hanks did something better here compared to his previous roles that he's done compared to like Pinocchio or even Elvis? Yeah, well, actually, that's a that's a good point. Elvis, he wasn't really a likable character in my opinion because he was, what, Elvis's manager? Yes. But, um, yeah, and that, that was a whole different thing. I think he probably, this is an aside, but I feel like he took that to be different like because he normally plays a likable character. So I would say it's different compared to that role, but if I'm thinking of something like Sleepless in Seattle or Big or something where he's more of that likable everyman type of character, it's different but familiar at the same time. I'm trying to think of how to describe it. It, it was unique to this story, which I think is, is it a Swedish story? Originally? Yes. Yeah, it's based on the book. Right, right, right. Yeah. So. Different uh, settings, different locations, same story, but it works right. wonders because of the physical and human connections that happen throughout the entire film. I was curious to see where it would go, because right. you meet this really grumpy Tom Hanks, and he's kind of in the elder years of his life, and you get a sense with flashbacks to his younger years, I think in the 70s, Yes, um, that he was very much in love with his wife, that he had a lot that he stood for he's very into cars like you just you have this picture painted of who he was as a young person and how that evolved to him as an older person and I really like how they did that in a very creative way so it wasn't just Tom Hanks portrayal but um the fact that they brought his son in who actually isn't an actor I I learned that just with research yes I'm blanking on his name but he's not an actor I think he does like production work and just more behind the scenes type of things but he did a really great job and They also had a lot of really artful moments where um, they have a a scene where it's the younger Tom Hanks, but you see the shadow of the older Tom Hanks. Little (laughs) moments like that where you see the younger and older together, and it's just beautiful. So I did really love it. So you give it a thumbs up or a thumbs down? I do. I give it a thumbs up. All right. Very good. You know, that one scene where he's with the, uh, the other neighbor, I guess, maybe in their 30s, it's so obvious that Tom Hanks is wearing a toupee. I mean, that was just so funny. Oh, really? Yes, yes, yes. I mean, it's just crazy. Uh, 
But I like how they tried to, you know, gradually de-age him because it's it's Tom Hanks and because he's getting up there in age and he's not 20 years old anymore. So you, you see that kind right. of thing. And you try to just try and, and visualize how, you know, he would look as a younger guy. So that's really good. I, I like how they did that process. And, of course, I think that they do that now oh, with all the movies. Yeah. No, that was funny. No, he... he probably was wearing a hairpiece of some kind (laughs) (laughs) all right very good so maureen you give this uh, film a thumbs up for a man called otto i also give it a thumbs up because of the fact that you you see tom hanks here he's a grumpy guy at the beginning it really focuses on mental illness it focuses on suicide it it also captures the idea of the human tragedy side losing his his wife and all those different things and his son so that's kind of like right. where the story begins. And so that's why you see him in different li- little scenarios of where he wants to just off himself through the hanging in the first act or uh, the train uh, in the second act. And something something about that, actually, what did you think about the dark humor that was throughout the film? Because I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, I didn't like it because it's Tom Hanks. And, and that I don't think that really works well for him. Honestly, okay. uh, I think if, he, if you're going to go straight humor, go straight humor because only he knows how to do it. But if you're trying to dark humor it, that's probably the only aspect of the film that I did not enjoy. So everything else seemed to be okay. I have to you know, give credit to the actress Mariana Trevino. Uh, she was incredible here because without her character, Tom Hanks would just keep being the grumpy old guy, Otto, that he is throughout the entire film. No, I agree. She's amazing. Her whole family was hilarious, just like how the um, husband was kind of portrayed as incompetent, like couldn't drive, couldn't yeah. park. And so, of course, you know, Tom Hanks is, you know, getting closer to her character. And it's, you know, it, it's beautiful, but it also is just hilarious, just them working together. Definitely. All right, so we both agree on uh, A Man Called Otto. We both give it a thumbs up. Maureen Renee Hughes gives a thumbs up, and myself also a thumbs up. Let's move on. The uh, next right. film on Silver Screen Previews is The Old Way with our good friend Nicolas Cage. It also stars Ryan Kiera Armstrong, Shiloh Fernandez, Nick Searcy, and Clint Howard. An old gunslinger and his daughter must face the consequences of his past when the son of a man he murdered years ago arrives to take his revenge. So here's a clip from The Old Way. All right, folks, so that's uh, The Old Way with uh, Nicolas Cage. Uh, it's out today. Uh, uh, no, it was actually out last week in limited theater release, so it's out today on VOD. All right, uh, Maureen Renee Hughes, what did you think about The Old Way? I think this is Nicolas Cage's first Western, right? Yes, correct. So I thought it interesting. Just breaking it down, I so I do like any type of true grit type of concept for a Western, whenever they have a strong female character incorporated into the story, mm-hmm. um, even portrayed as, you know, the lead or supporting lead, that's wonderful. And I did really enjoy that aspect of this film. There was something about Nicolas Cage as a gunslinging cowboy that just didn't totally mesh in my brain, though. So I think mm-hmm. that piece of it, I didn't fully believe, I guess. But I could tell that he was doing a more natural or trying to do a more natural portrayal compared to some of the more um, theatrical characters he's played in the past, if that makes sense. So I I didn't really appreciate the effort, but I noticed it was less words and lines and more actions. And you see him in that environment, which I appreciated. Definitely. It's... It's one thing, you know, after another when it comes to roles for Nicolas Cage because the man is bored. The man just wants to produce movies, and I cannot fault him for that. 
The man has a track record unmatched in the last 30 years. So you would have to, you know, let him just keep doing these movies, whatever makes him happy. Come on. You know, the, the fact that it's a Western, I think, adds to what he knows what to do. Obviously, there's no car here, but there's guns. And when you have guns and you have Nicolas Cage, he knows how to shoot them, obviously, because you remember him from Face Off from many years ago. So here he is as a Western guy who is looking for revenge for the murder of his, of his wife that happens in the first act. What I loved about this film was the pacing. You can see the setup to the movie. It's not a two-hour movie, you know, two hours. It's a, it's ninety minutes. It's workable. It's it's usable. You can you guys can honestly see this movie without having to complain that oh my god, it's not Avatar three hours or even two hours. It's ninety minutes. Tight script. Loved all the different characters. Maureen, did you think that here the the characters who were the villains were scary enough? I was not scared of them. I found um, the main villain or main antagonist to be a little bit too talkative. Like, there was violence and stuff, but it was like, he seemed like that guy who's all talk, no action, I guess. Even though he was killing people, not as a spoiler, but just, he just, I don't know, he seemed like he was whiny. Yeah. Does that that make sense? (laughs) That's a new trait that they have for these bad guys today. They're soft and they're whiny. Right. Yeah, just a little bit whiny, and I think part of it, I don't know if this is like an acting thing, but he didn't seem super grounded, you know, like in, um, gosh, there's so many people, like Ralph Fiennes, you know, people who play very convincing villains, where they're so still, right? And you can see it where they're just making, like, subtle movements with their eyes, with their face, but he was just kind of all over the place, and I think that's, for me, why it wasn't scary. He just seemed like the whiny guy that never really grew up from the young I think Ralph Fiennes was too expensive for the budget of the movie. Yeah, probably. Yeah, but he was it, busy making the menu. He was exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> so, Maureen, what did you give this film? I would say thumbs up, just because, as you mentioned, the pacing was pretty good. I when I saw that it was only ninety minutes long, I found that surprising. Um, I felt like it could have actually been a little bit longer, just maybe in terms of the exposition of his. Um, not to spoil, but at the very beginning of his life, what you see, like the gunslinger part of who his uh, persona is. I think it would have been cool to explore that a little bit more. But yeah. all in all, the fact that it didn't drag, that they did show a lot of interesting action. You knew what his you know, motivation through the movie was, the purpose, the fact that they had the strong female lead yeah. alongside with him. Yeah. I really like that. So overall, I'd give it a thumbs up. Very good. So a thumbs up from Maureen Renee Hughes on The Old Way. I also gave it a thumbs up, too. Honestly, I thought that the MVP of this film was... Uh, uh, Ryan Kiara Armstrong, she came out and just took over that role. You saw complete dimensions. You saw her change throughout the beginning, middle, and end. I like how they set her up as the quiet, you know, know-it-all kind of daughter, who is just very quiet. And I think the key scene was when the the mother is killed, and they're there, you know, obviously, you know, putting her in the grave, that she showed almost no emotion, where you would see a normal child, obviously, sobbing and this and that. But it takes a key moment in the second act to kind of tell you why she acts that way, and it was done on purpose. It's because she didn't know how to cry. She didn't know how to express emotion. And that's something that could happen to anybody. So I like how they, they showed that arc and then joined it together into making her a stronger figure, wanting to know how to shoot the guns with Nicolas Cage. And that was important to progress the story into the third act. 
So then you had a full, full character instead of just the demure, quiet one that you had at the beginning. I agree. Yeah, no, she was the rock star of this movie. All in all, I give this movie a thumbs up. So very good there. We agree on that one as well. All right, let's move on. The third film tonight on Silver Screen Previews is, boy, I tell you what, if they came up with a concept here for, for Gerard Butler, they got it in uh, Plane. Plane is an R-rated action thriller directed by Jean-Francois Richet, and it's in wide release today. stars Gerard Butler, Mike Coulter, and Daniela Pineda. A pilot finds himself caught in a war zone after he's forced to land his plane during a terrible storm. Here's a clip from the brand new Plane movie with Gerard Butler on Silver Screen Previews. Oh, man. All right, so that reminds me of a lot of these 80s action films where they're in the jungles or they're here or they're there. That's what happens here when a plane crashes and you have to survive. All right, Maureen, what was your take and analysis on Plane? Yeah, as you mentioned, it's kind of similar to those, like, classic 80s, 90s action films where yeah. think of, like, snakes on a plane or something <laughs> where it's, like, there's this premise, people are freaking out, and Dora Butler is doing his best to save passengers, keep them safe, despite where they end up landing, where the plane crashes. The thing started kind of established at the beginning. So it was cool to see Gerard Butler in that hero role, you know, mm-hmm. and kind of the um, the great character of my culture. Like, he's a great actor. I, I thought it was kind of cool to see, like, well, can he trust him? Can he not? Right. So I, I didn't really like the characterization in that regard. I will say the violence. I'm not a big, like, violence action movie type of person. So that was the only thing I didn't personally prefer from the movie. Look, it's it's a typical Gerard Butler film. This is what he does. And it's more of a buddy film, I thought, in many respects, with Mike Coulter at his side, be it a guy that he can't trust, you know, that he's a con man and a criminal, but he needs him in order to survive this this war that he's landed into. It's really two movies in one, if you think about it. It's the whole plane thing, uh, you know, and then they crash, and then you have the survival mode. You know, there's a lot to say for Gerard Butler still, because he has that screen presence. He commands the screen still. They always come up with these films for him, like the uh, like the ones that they caught. I'm trying to remember what the name of those films. Oh, the, the city has, the, uh, the Angels Have Fallen or something like that. The This Has Fallen. Those Fallen movies. So you get an idea that this is kind of like up that alley where he's comfortable in the action role. The Rebels were my only complaint in this movie. I thought they could have been tougher. I mean, putting an afro on the guy and having him shoot a machine gun is not really something that, <laughs> you know, is really viable or believable. What did you think about the bad guys? I hate to say they seem like standard action movie bad guys, but that's kind of the vibe I got. I agree that they could have been a little bit more intense or make you more, like, nervous for the lead characters. Yeah. Uh, but for me, they were just like, oh, they're the bad guys. We're in a dangerous country, and we're trying to do our best to survive. <laughs> that was kind of the vibe I got. So I give it a thumbs up. I would too, yeah. So I would say, even though I'm not normally an action fan, the combination of Gerard <laughs> Butler and my culture and the kind of dynamic um, growth of my culture's character um, turns it to a thumbs up for me. All right, let's move on. The fourth and final film. Tonight on Silver Screen Previews is something that I like I recommended never leave your lights on for. This is called Skinamarink. And Skinamarink is not rated for a good reason. It's a horror film. It's directed by Kyle Edward Ball. It's in theaters on a limited release basis today. Stars Lucas Paul, Dally Rose, Tetralt. 
Ross Paul. Two children wake up in the middle of the night to find their father missing, and all the windows and doors in their home have vanished. There's a clip from Skinnamarink. In this house. <laughs> oh boy, I, I had the hair stand up on the back of my head on that one. That's a Skinnamarink. All right, Maureen, you went through it too. What was your analysis of this? Well, first, my analysis is don't watch it without lights on. Preferably, don't watch it at night, and don't watch it when you're alone in your house like I did. That was insane. So. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is, so I had read, so I, I didn't read spoilers, but I read like, oh, is this a scary film? Because I, I will say I scare easily with like any type of horror slasher thriller film. I just do, mm. unfortunately. Um, and I was looking up, is it scary? And they're like, oh, this is like the scariest thing I've ever seen. I'm like, great. I have the pleasure of getting scared alone in my house at night. So, yeah, that's, that's kind of my initial take. It was very scary. It had this very, um, I was reading references to like a found footage kind of feel or almost like an old camcorder is kind of like the style of what it seemed like, but it also seemed like um, a fuzzy memory or nightmare. Mm-hmm. And I think that with the, the uh, distorted audio, distorted visual, how dark it was, yes. it just made it where for the whole was it an hour 40 hour 50 minutes or so right it just was so like there was no moment of relief throughout the whole thing it's just your you know hair is standing on end you're just like nervous like the whole time or at least i was (laughs) (laughs) what is it about these kind of films maureen I think it's really the atmosphere that puts you in a box like this movie. And it makes you search for answers. It makes you pay attention. It makes you listen. Because the camera angles are so weirdly shot that you're guessing. And then when you see an empty hallway where it's dark, you're looking, you're searching for a figure in the dark. That is creative filmmaking. That is impressive, and it's scary because the voice, you could hear it in the hallway. That freaked me out. That was really incredible. Oh, so creepy. And because there were so many shots of just, like, a dark hallway, and sometimes you <laughs> think you would see something, other times you didn't, and it, that dread that it kept throughout was just so unnerving. And oh. kind of as a fun fact, that I don't know if you read this, but um, apparently this was made by someone for, like, $15,000, and they filmed in their childhood home which I thought was really impressive, that they used creativity. Um, also, all the music, the cartoons in it were all either royalty-free or like in the public domain. Yes. Um, I thought that was kind of cool, too, that they used that creativity even with the lower budget to create something so impactful in this genre. Without a doubt, yes. I think in the first act, it gives away a little bit of the film to where it's going because you see, for example, two doorways, right? To two different quarters. And then you see one disappear. And then you see a toilet disappear. And then you see another room disappear. And then you start seeing things going to the ceiling. So, did you draw any conclusions to what this could have been? Because when all the doors disappear and everything else for an exit go away. And you have the kids trapped in the house. What is the conclusion? Do you think that there was some kind of demonic possession here? Or a trans... What, what I came up with, I thought it was a trans-dimensional demon. Yeah, that's kind of the vibe I got, too, because there's a shot later of the house. It's kind of in this void. Yes. And there's, like, nothing around it. And then, as you said, everything on the ceiling, just things throughout the house slowly disappearing, starting with the bigger items, like door, toilet, but then down to toys. Yes. It just 
attention and then also like possessed or something some kind of combination wow. wow honestly i thought that the turning point of this movie happened in the second act where kaylee the daughter goes upstairs to her parents room and then sees her father and then she looks under the bed and then she comes back up and he's gone and then she looks she looks under the bed again and then she goes back up and then she sees her mother and yeah. then when her mother calls to her to close her eyes that is tough yeah. i like i'm one of those people like not in the theater obviously but if i'm watching a scary movie at my house i like talk back i'm like no nope i'm not gonna close my eyes no no just oh i felt so scared for her yeah you do and yeah her mother disappears and then so she comes downstairs and then just the whole thing just wow in the third act incredible when she said close your eyes it's like they had some distortion with the sound that to me sounded like like bones cracking or maybe that's just what i heard but it sounded really like oh my gosh wow yeah but that's what i mean about this entire movie is that it makes you it forces you to pay attention to every single little second of the movie. And that is what makes this movie special. So this is obviously something different that we have never seen before. I, I tip my hat, so thumbs up. I really did. And also, um, I was reading that some people were kind of reading into, like, what is the real meaning? Is it literally, like, a demonic possession or, like, transporting to a different dimension? Or is it the child's, you know, interpretation of what's mm. happening in their home? And that was something I found really interesting, like abuse or, or like something happening with their family structure. And I found that concept really interesting. And when you go back and watch the film, right. it kind of paints it in a new light where it's equally scary, especially through uh, an innocent child's eyes, right? Oh, yeah. Um, it adds more depth to the film than I originally thought it would have, to be honest. You will never look at Legos the same way again. Oh, my gosh. There were a few times I saw on the floor, I was like, nope, someone's going to step on that. <laughs> Before they started disappearing, obviously. <laughs> All right, so final verdict. Thumbs up. Maureen, please give us your social media coordinates, please. Yes, so you can find me on Instagram, probably from this live, uh, but I believe I'm under maureen.r.hughes. And I'm also on TikTok, so you can find me on TikTok, on Instagram, and on Facebook as well. Thank you, and so we look forward to having you back in the future very well. Thank you so much for having me. You got it. Thank you for everybody joining us on Instagram Live and also on the podcast. We appreciate you guys checking out the show and also the podcast right here on Buzzsprout. So we welcome you guys to join us again next Friday as we do another four films right here on Silver Screen Previews. So join us again. Have a great weekend, everybody.